Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode 66. On today's show, Steffi finds shoulder-slapping delight in the new Chanel number no. 5 commercial. Simone is disgusted by the Audrey Hepburn story starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. And the ladies read another text from an anonymous Dong doctor. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong Simone? I'm Dong okay. It's, uh, again, I hate to talk about the weather, but it's been really hot, as we talked about previously. Anyone in L.A. is going, blah, 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 it's so fucking hot. It finally got cool. It finally got cool uh, a few days ago. How cold? <laughs> I well, get excited for about me, cold. it was like in the 60s. Mm. It like, yeah, it went to about 65, which I think is cold. Yeah. But, you know, you can't, you know, I needed to have my, my legs covered and arms covered. But I mean, I missed it. Most of it was last week while I was in Vegas. But I got some of it when I came back last uh, last Friday. And anyway, so I was like, I get up and I'm like, oh, it's cold. It's cold. You know, I've pulled the electric blanket out and I'm freaking out because it's, you know, slightly cool, I guess, for normal people. And anyway, the cats... <laughs> The cats were like screaming to be fed, and I was like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! I don't want to get up. I'm cold. I'm cold." But you know, I got up. I fed the cats, and those bastards just sniffed it and just sat there and looked at me. So I said, "Fuck you both," and went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> they had that. And coming. it felt really. They did, but it just felt weird to say that to the cat. So innocent, <laughs> but at that moment. Since I was cold, I needed to say "fuck you both." So anyway, there you have it. But it's hot again now. It's fucking oh, it is. ninety degrees again what? today. Yes. So yes. It's just it's cold and rainy here, and I love that, you know, because of the, my fall boner. But um, today it was, you know, <laughs> it was kind of raining. Like it, when it hasn't rained for a while, everything gets slippery because, like, I guess something like the motor oil in the streets comes to the surface, and so traffic is really bad. Yes. You know. And so I was walking across an intersection today, coming home from work, and I fell in the intersection in front of people, in front of people. And there was, and all the homeless people on the corner started clapping for me. <laughs> and Gosh, it's and two like, falls I, I, I got up like really slowly and I kind of trudged really slowly <laughs> to the sidewalk. <laughs> and I was just going, that did not just happen. But I was, you know, I kind of owned it and How- I like waved at them and stuff. How much have you hit the ground? Like kind of hard. I don't know. Like I hurt my knee basically. Oh. I did like a, a kind of a James Brown split type maneuver, and they go, <laughs> they go, you do very good kung fu. All the racist homeless people, and then they asked me for money, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I gosh. said, "Fuck you both." I'm just kidding. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's okay. It's, I don't know. It, it felt kind of funny. I don't know. It was, I know. It was like a fun surprise. And I think surprise. when you order and you get a round of applause, it almost makes it worthwhile. I know. 
yeah, I was like, well, that was like an event July. that I wasn't expecting. That was a bit of excitement in my day, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I was sad it's as It's a story that. to tell. It's a bruise to show. It, it becomes <laughs> it's a whole new thing. That bruise, that fall that I had in July oh. at the Good Luck Bar that night, I so I got a massive bruise on my right knee. And then, and that was what, yeah, so two weeks later, I went to Portland, and I was stepping over a log, but the log, when we were camping, and the log had this big piece sticking out of it, like from a broken branch, and I walked into that, so I had a matching bruise on the other knee from a completely separate incident. Uh, I hate that. I'm always afraid I look like a battered woman. (laughs) I know, I know. I know. That's happened to me before, because I I fell over roller skating, and my... um, my hand came down first you know like in your memory you remember it in slow-mo like you can remember all the details yeah so i went forward and i remember my hand breaking my fall thinking whew and then immediately after my face slammed down right afterwards so you know this all happened within you know a split second but i remember the moment of thinking i was done when i right. my hand broke the fall but my face came right after <laughs> and anyway so i had uh, i had the sprained wrist and i had a little bruise on my cheekbone Ah. And uh, yeah, I did. But and, you know, and everybody, you know, all my friends, all that it had happened. You know, there was no question as to as to how it had happened. But then I had to go to some ghetto hospital because I didn't have health insurance. <laughs> and then the guy taking the X-ray is like, "Whoa, what happened to your face?" Uh, oh, long story, right? <gasps> and I'm like, "No, I was roller skating." <laughs> I know. Is everything so, okay at home, Simone? Yeah. Seriously. Well, that was the other bad thing around the apartment complex is we had had a friend visiting us. And um, uh, this was a few months before that, maybe about three months before this had happened. We'd had a friend visiting us. We'd gone out for dinner and we came back, whatever, hung out. The next day, one of the neighbors was asking us about the police coming to our door. And we were like, what? It's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Greg went and I spoke to the property manager. And the night before, while we were out, the police had gone come knocking on our door and we what? weren't there. So then they knocked on all the neighbors' door saying, we had a domestic violence call at this at this address. And they were like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And so, and then it turned out they they told the, the, the apartment manager that, that they'd been given the wrong address. But in the meantime, they've gone and made it seem like there was domestic <laughs> violence at our apartment to all the neighbors. Oh, so they didn't go no. back and fix that up, did they? So then, when uh, three months later, when I'm walking around with a with a fucking, you know, sprained wrist and a bruise on my face, I mean, it didn't <laughs> did not look great. And uh, and an upstairs neighbor who was such a cunt, I wonder if she was an extra cunt because she thought Greg was a wife basher. But oh, um, but you know, yeah. But she, I think she was a cunt before that, so I, I can hardly <laughs> see that making a difference. So um, yeah. It might just now. Be now you said there's this new Brad Pitt Chanel oh, Number no. Five commercial. I, had so I know much nothing about today. it other than you putting it on the document. Yes, I went to delisted.com today, which is my favorite source for news, and they <laughs> <laughs> they had Brad Pitt doing a Chanel Number no. Five commercial, and I didn't read any of it. I just you know surmised that it was going to be ridiculous, and I want you to go look at it right now because. I fell over on the ground, laughing, flailing around, hitting things. It was oh so epic. So I really want you to see Is it. Is that too much to live up to? <laughs> gosh. Well, we'll wait and see. <clears throat> so, okay, I'm going to YouTube. It's on the fucking front page yeah. of YouTube. Yeah, it so is. So I guess it's the thing to watch. Okay, okay, I'm going to start it now. Oh, boy. Let's see. It's not a journey. 
Every journey ends, but we go on. The world turns and we turn with it. Plans disappear. Dreams take over. But wherever I go, there you are. My luck, my fate, my fortune. Chanel number five. Inevitable. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's inevitable. Oh my god, that is so absurd. <gasps> it's not a journey. Anyway, I watched it like three times and tweeted it and Facebooked it. All those looks that he gives. He's like looking up and down. His eyes are like darting up and being all wistful and stuff. Well, Duncan Trussell I, was I like, do you think he's for real? I was like, I, I go, yeah, I think he's completely for real because you can see the sadness in his eyes that he's doing this for money. <laughs> and he knows it's wrong. Why would he even do that? Oh, my God. Not wrong, but ridiculous. <sighs> oh, man. Oh. No, I don't like that. Not exciting. <laughs> he looks so oh, interview wow. with the vampire too right now. His like hair's long and he's got that goatee. He just uh, why why Brad? Yeah, yeah. He, it's it's like he he kind of keeps the, this is like his default look, isn't it? That oh, hair yeah. with the goatee. Yeah, kind of is. is. He he should know better. Did you ever have a thing for Brad Pitt? Yeah, I did um, in Thelma and Louise. Like, I loved his uh -huh. cowboy kind of persona. But but after that, I got a little bit annoyed. Like, I hated his character in um, Seven. Like, he was just an asshole in Seven. Just like a stupid, um, you know, you know, like 25-year-old. He's supposed to be stupid, but he, that really soured me on him. But what about you? Oh, really? But that movie was so good. Well, I actually had a, I actually had a poster of him. Like a bored <laughs> poster. <laughs> Yeah, because um, I was really into him for about five minutes, and uh, I think Bunyan gave it to me for my In fact, two people gave me that poster, what? and I had to return so. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, 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 it was just, I think that was around '95. I was just briefly into him, and then it just became like he, it was just, he was just too ubiquitous. I just like yeah. can't get away from this guy, and yeah, and I rarely like anything that popular, so it just, right. didn't, it just didn't, didn't seem special anymore. So, well, it was never that special. He was never my top guy or anything, but yeah, but yeah, so now I'm just kind of bored of He was of no Whit Crane. To tears. <laughs> he was no Whit Crane. Speaking of Whit Crane, yeah. speaking of Whit Crane, beautiful seg. Um, <laughs> so, uh, listener, I've talked about this briefly, and I'm still not going to go into all the details, because I'm hoping, hoping to uh, go into all the details um, with a special guest and make it really, really something, a real Dongtini spectacular. But mm. in a nutshell, the first band I ever liked, as I've mentioned before, uh, the first band I really, really got into and how I got into music was Ugly Kid Joe. So not everyone's favorite rock band of the 90s, I know, <laughs> but they really resonated with me when I was 14 and 15 and 16 and 17. And yeah, they, you know, as, 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 as much as people like to maybe make fun of them, they mean a lot to me because it sort of sent me on the path that I... I ended up on so I can never make too much fun but anyway crazy things have happened over the years which again I will save but fast forward to last Friday uh, it turns out Whit Crane um, 
is a uh, is a fan of Neil Hamburger, and he got in touch, and uh, and they were shooting this video with uh, Neil Hamburger in the new Ugly Kid Joe video because Ugly Kid Joe are back together. Mm. So yeah, so I got to go hang out on the set, and the band went there. They'd shot their stuff the previous day, but um, it was like I can't like, after all this these years, I can't not be on the set of an Ugly Kid Joe video that's being made. Seriously? You know, so I just went and hung out. I mostly sat in a chair, but wow. I was very comfortable and relaxed. And um, yeah, and then towards the end of the shoot, Wit came and hung out, and he was just loving it. He just loves Neil Hamburger so much; it's just crazy. Wow. So um, yeah, but but he, he was the crazy part was that there was um, this girl showed up, and I thought she looked kind of old. I thought they were because they were having these other characters <laughs> in the scene. Like Neil is sitting on the sofa watching TV, and uh, it's like all the stuff in the TV is like jumping up around him. You know, that's sort of what's happening in the video. And um, and then this girl uh, just appears, and she, I, I thought it was going to be this old woman, but it turns out she was much considerably younger. Oh. Anyway, so they're, they're getting her like put in her makeup and stuff, and I was just listening to music and chilling on this sofa. And then I hear her talking to the makeup girls. Turns out she's a porn actress. Oh. I was like, okay. And then I looked at her and I was like, okay, she's not really old at all. She just looked really worn out. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, no. but, you know, she seemed really nice. Anyway, so... Um, she was wearing this beautiful white coat, and you know, I was like, and she looked, she looked very. Uh, um, she had black hair, but she looked very uh, um, Basic Instinct, you know, uh, cr- crotch, uh, leg crossing scene. But anyway, so then like they go, to, they're shooting all the scenes with the characters, and I go and watch all of these, and then suddenly she's on the sofa, she's wearing this little, the, the coat is off, she's just wearing these little like sh- short shorts, and uh, and this weird shaped bra and then um and i saw her nipple kind of poking out and i was like well somebody should like pop her nipple back in because i can see a nipple surely everyone can see a nipple everybody sees a nipple isn't somebody gonna pop a nipple back in doesn't anybody else see a nipple i'm thinking and then two seconds later she takes her top off completely i'm like i guess we're not concealing nipples today (laughs) yeah so anyway so that was like kind of weird because like nobody nobody told Greg or me that like this it was gonna be this topless woman in the scene with it. Really? They didn't even tell Greg? No, they didn't tell him. I think that's kind of... Was that not in the script, or did, was she just improv <laughs> No, no, no. I think that was always planned, but... Uh, wow, but yeah, weird. but I, they, they didn't really explain to Greg what was happening with the characters. Like, they went all over all the stuff that he was going to have to do to make sure he was comfortable with what they were doing with Neil Hamburger, but they huh. didn't explain all this stuff. So suddenly there's this topless girl, but it's just like everybody's <laughs> watching and ready to shoot, you know? But, you know, because she's covered in tattoos like a suicide girl, and Greg's, like, so not into that type of girl, so, like, I didn't right. feel threatened in the slightest, <laughs> you know? So, because one of the makeup girls like oh are you okay with this I'm like yeah I'm fine I, yeah, he's really not into that kind of girl yeah. and then I'm like worried that I'm sounding like I'm trying to like like make excuses or make something excuse. and like hold a brave face it's like no you really don't know him he really isn't isn't like that like there's other times where I might be a bit like oh god damn it stupid cunt and I'd be all like upset but not yeah. not with her because he's really not into that type yeah but um but yeah but that was weird but yeah just, just so I have all these pictures of this of this topless woman like trying to seduce my husband wow. but he's ignoring her in the scene so it's 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 just totally funny. So yeah, so wow. that's really bizarre. Yeah, could you imagine? How do you think you'd feel about that? I have no idea. I, <laughs> I would I would be delighted and horrified, and <laughs> I would feel yeah. the whole the whole gamut of emotion. I would think. Yeah. But yeah, think- David's the same. He's he would be like, you know, like he thinks it's cuter when girls are covered up, like. Um, believe it or not, like he, <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but he's, um, like, I guess the last time they were in Portland, they went to a strip club and, um, the one that's near the 
uh, the Doug Fur, the Jupiter Hotel, Hotel Jupiter, uh-huh. whatever. Um, so there was one right across the street from that. I forget what it's called, but everyone wanted to go, and he's like, okay. And he said he stood in the back, and I, I totally do not care. And um, yeah, but he said that he's like they were paying for dances. All I had to do was stand there, like. And, He's like, why would I pay for that? I could just stand at the back of the wall and see everything. But yeah. he, was, he was like, I liked it because, you know, some of them had tattoos and it was, you know, more interesting than your typical blonde washed up stripper. But he's, he's like that whole yeah. roller derby scene. He's like, I'm not really into that. But um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, Stephanie, though, would be it. so fun to go with you. He's like, Stephanie, it was just like, I was like, were they totally, totally completely naked? He's like, yes, but and pussy everywhere. <laughs> Wow, I want to go. So. Oh gosh, have you been to a strip club before? Never. Ah, oh, I have you? been twice. Oh really? Uh, well, the f- the first time was um, there's this naked diner in um, Florida somewhere. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, let's go to the naked diner. So um, I think I may have talked about this on the show before. Now I'm worried I'm repeating myself. But I fuck feel it, like I would everybody. remember that. Yeah, maybe. Well, fuck it. Most people, I think, haven't listened to every episode, so I'm just going to tell it again. Um, yeah, so we went to this naked diner, and um, it's just depressing because, well, the girls who, like, if you sit at a table, it's sort of away from where the where the poles are. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls, the waitress are just wearing, like, tight tops and stuff, but they're, they're covered, you know, and so, you know, I got a baked potato. I'm just sitting there eating it, but then you, you have to pay extra and keep tipping to, like, sit at the, where the poles are at the bar. Yeah. And um, and this girl is, like, you know, completely naked, have a Dino is like, you know, 12 inches from this guy's head and he's like staring down at his steak and like just wow. cutting up a steak. It was so weird. Wow. So, um, that reminds me of The Sopranos. Yes, yes, yes. It had that. It, this was even more different because the, that had that has that dark lighting, but this has really bright lighting because hmm. it's, it's, it's lit like Denny's. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for reals. So, um, and anyway, so I had to go, to, and out on the outside, it's all couples welcome, you know, and trying to make it a, you know, a couple-friendly place. And, you know, it was, as I said, it was brightly lit. It didn't feel seedy, other than there were naked women there. But, um, and the, you know, and the waitresses just seemed like friendly waitresses. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I need to use the restroom, this big neon sign, men's room. But <laughs> I couldn't find a sign for the ladies' room. Oh, that's so funny. So, yeah, so I was like, um, where's the ladies' room? So like, yeah, all the way in the end, and make a right. And I'm like, okay. So I go down there. And there are two stalls, and they have no doors on them. Oh, okay. So probably because they, like, use drugs, and they're trying to, like, keep their eye on the girls. Oh. Like, I had to walk through the locker room for the girls. Like, there wasn't a separate bathroom for regular female clientele. It was, you had to walk through their locker room, and then these two stalls without doors to, to, to pee. So I just went all the way to the one at the end, and I was, like, peeing really quickly, because I'm, like, I'm not into, you know, public urination. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Is what it felt like, but um, yeah, so that was that experience. And the other time, my friend and I were about to uh, go see Green Day in Melbourne, and then we were we had time to kill, so we're like, well, let's just go down to this place and get a drink. So we walked down, and then there is it's a topless bar, and I was like, <gasps> and I was like, kind of all startled, not because I'm afraid to see tits, but I mean, you kind of need to know you're going to see tits, you know, you can't help but have some sort of weird reaction if you didn't know you were going to see tits and you got unexpected tits, you know? Yeah. So I just was like, I was kind of like, my eyes were darting around, and she's like, it's okay, love, you can look, and then she shook her tits, and I was like, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, but I felt oh, wow. really embarrassed that I looked like I couldn't handle it because I could <laughs> handle it, I just didn't know this was about to happen because it was, you know, I just wanted a beer. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, anyway, so yeah, once we got used to that, so we just got some beers, and then there was a show, there was a little stage and a pool and a show, and uh, yeah, so we just stayed around for that, gave the girl five bucks, and uh, went to see Creed. <laughs> Wow. So yeah, that and that show is maybe n- not much worse than the Green Day show. So um, that was the last time I saw Green Day. I was over <laughs> after that. I was actually over at the time before, but I'd already bought this ticket and it was too late. So um, anyway, so those are the two times I went to see strip clubs. But 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 back to like the husbands not being into those kinds of women. Um, it makes me like. Do you think guys listening to this think that we're demented and brainwashed and stupid if we think our husbands don't want to look at those kinds of women um i don't i don't know but i'm really secure that he doesn't yeah <laughs> so same I, because yeah. I, because i know what he does like we that's the thing we both know what they do like so it's our not husbands like are kind of weird like as far as guys go they're not normal guys <laughs> oh yeah no i'm not saying that's the norm but these kinds of guys do exist so, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think it's that we're delusional uh, about their uh, about their their interests. Yeah, so, I don't. I really don't think they are. And I'm usually actually the one. I'm like, David, look how hot that girl is. He's like, Yeah, I guess. Her eyes are a little close together though. And yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like, like I'm like, the one who's like, Oh my God, look at her. Look at her rack. And he's like, Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I know we are the perverts in the relationship, both of us. This um, this was at church like ten years ago, and this this girl who I I could never tell if her boobs were fake or not, and I'd always like elbow David. And I'm like, I'm like there she is, you know. I'm like, what do you think? Aren't they great? Her rack is so great. And when that one week when she was doing communion, I'm like, okay, when we get close, look at her boobs and tell me if you think they're <laughs> <laughs> during the Eucharist. <laughs> That's awesome. Did he did he ever come up with an assessment? He's like, I have no idea. <laughs> he was just—he was actually a little annoyed by my obsession with her boobs. I think. <laughs> Hilarious. <sighs> um, so uh, over the weekend, uh, we watched the Audrey Hepburn story. Are you familiar oh. with this TV movie starring Jennifer Love Hewitt? Oh my God! Well. I, I am in the sense that like I have a long-standing hatred of Jennifer Love Hewitt and oh, the way she do. tries to channel Audrey Hepburn. And I actually, this is it's been probably like seven or eight years, but I wrote a letter to Rolling Stone and they printed it about how much I hated Jennifer Love Hewitt after they had her on the cover. <laughs> and I got the pull quote and everything and the letters to the editor section of the magazine. Wow. No, it's been a long time, but like I remember saying like, I hate her. I like hate how she thinks she's channeling Audrey Hepburn, and and she could not be anything further from Audrey Hepburn. So yes, yeah, oh tell God, me all about it. You have to pull that out, and you have to, you have to read that on the next episode. We need to, we need to have this letter to the editor. This is. The I have to find it somehow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Well, yeah. So this is, I think, about this is over. This movie's from 2000. So I think Greg and I saw this back in Australia before we even moved here. We saw, uh. we saw some of it, and we couldn't get over how bad it is because she keeps trying to talk with uh, like Audrey Hepburn, and she. And but I don't understand. And she keeps putting the strange accents. Like I know Audrey had a very strange accent because I didn't realize till I watched the movie. Great, I learned something. But you know, she grew up in uh, 
in Holland, Holland and yeah. and uh, and uh, and she, I think she was born in in Belgium or someplace. You know, she's she lived all over Europe, so she, that's why she's got this this unusual accent, this English with this and that in it. But um, but Jennifer Love Hewitt, she just keeps trying to put these weird inflections on words, and and then she just starts going straight English all the time, and then it just suddenly goes like this again, and then she just goes back to speaking English again, and she really doesn't know what she wants to be. I don't get this right the next time they're going to make me drive the taxi and let you wear the dress. So it's fucking it. terrible, terrible, terrible. And she just brings no charm to Audrey Hepburn. She just <laughs> she, sure she just makes that. it seem like all she was was a tall, skinny girl with a long neck. Like that's all there was to her and nobody yep. could resist her and she's just charmless. She's just utterly crap and this accent is terrible. And and it really is just seems all about all about her. On oh, the thing that drove me extra nuts that from the very beginning, for some reason, they decided to like thread her whole story through the making of Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh. So it opens up with them trying to shoot the opening scene and then cut and then, you know, she gets scolded by the director and Truman <laughs> Capote is complaining about how she's a terrible Holly Golightly and uh, and then she like drifts off, she looks at her fans and then she drifts off and starts thinking about her childhood. So they keep <laughs> cutting back to her life because like she was just stopping to reflect on her whole life while she was shooting this movie. Oh, wow. um, it's just, it's terrible. But what sucks is that They've got this like instrumental version of Moon River playing oh, no. throughout it, but it's instead of just using the original version or one just re-recording one just like it, it's got this disgusting Kenny G arrangement to it. You know, with those extra little just like these extra little bits that just make it Kenny G song rape. So it's wow. really, really just disgusting. And then there's the scene where she's rehearsing singing it. And clearly she, because in the movie, you know, Audrey just, it's really raw and just sad. And she's not trying to be a good singer. She's just a girl in her apartment window singing to herself, right? Mm-hmm. And Audrey wasn't a good singer. Mm-hmm. And in this, she's like, Jennifer Love Hewitt must have decided, I don't want to, I can't act like I can't sing. So she just sings it like clean and perfectly but in a contemporary way like people in the 60s didn't sing like that you know uh, what i mean just please, yes. it's just so annoying but she just couldn't like lower herself to the way audrey sang that you know which was so beautiful and charming just because it was so simple you know so yeah so it's just annoying and just so many stupid things happen like like Audrey's uh, nominated for an Oscar for Roman Holiday mm-hmm. so her mother and her boyfriend uh, Mel Ferrer are watching it on TV um, and there's like so the nominees for best actress are Audrey Hepburn for Roman Holiday and then those two start a conversation about Audrey's future and what's going to happen Ava Gardner you can hear in the background all the other nominees mm-hmm. and while they're reading the nominees they discuss her future and Mel's like well I want to marry her are you really going to ask her to marry you <laughs> having this whole conversation 
just in the time that they're reading the nominees and then they kind of pause and they're like, oh, and the winner is, and they stand up and get excited. It's like, you were just casually planning life and now you're going to stand up and get excited. And the winner is Audrey Hepburn. Ah! Shitty, just so shitty. And when I saw this back like 12 years ago, um, like the bit of it, and I saw it again today, it, it looks like a girl just trying to play dress up in a mother's clothing. Like she yeah. looks ridiculous. So, yeah, and it's it's just, I mean, I really hate Tim Burton. And the reason oh, I do? hate Tim Burton, so he I hate him. Well, no, he didn't direct it. Oh, no, I'm oh. just, this is separate. This is separate, but it's the same reason why I hate this. Oh, why? Is I hate Tim Burton because he is so wrapped up in his vision and the, the imagination of Tim Burton. Did you hate him before you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I did not. So that but did that's it when for I, that's what That's what did it for me. Because okay. he he's all like... It, he, it became about his his stupid bullshit, his vision, his imagination, not about servicing the story. A chocolate mm-hmm. factory is a fantastical, magical place because it's this thing that you can't imagine really existing. And that's what's magical about the chocolate factory is that it's a real thing that you could go to within the context of the story. It's magic made real life. So instead, because it has to be wacky like his cartoonish vision, they make it look like a cartoon. It's like, no, you needed to make this look real, like a real place that people can go to and interact with you know what i mean mm-hmm. and he services his his notion of what things should look like his aesthetic more than the story and he misses the point and he does it over and over and over again and that's do you why feel like I he hate just that's... did that with charlie and chocolate factory or, or are there other films that you take issue with uh well no well i take issue with that that's why i first sort of i mean i wrote this really 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 long blog about everything that he did wrong with that movie which I will link to on the website mm-hmm. um, so I that, that that and that's that's part of it and the fact that he keeps casting Johnny Depp in everything is inappropriate <laughs> because it means you've got your your crew that you like to work with and to show off your wacky imagination and Johnny Depp is it it's like Johnny Depp isn't right for every role that's not how you properly cast things you know he can't be everything well like Tarant- you know, a lot of people do him. that like the Coen brothers and Tarantino they all use like the same cast of characters so many times and I really like that but I get really annoyed with the Johnny Depp thing because there's only so much you can do like he's so twee in so many of yeah. these roles well, is, the thing is, is but issue. these roles that we're talking about are, are roles that already exist these are characters that exist you see so at least in the Tarantino case of, re- of casting the, re- the uh, casting people over and over again you can kind of make the, nobody has expectations for those characters to begin with so you mm-hmm. kind of that's that's all on on him as to how he wanted that to look and what he thought that person was going to bring to it but in the case of a character like Willy Wonka everybody has an idea of what Willy Wonka's supposed to be everyone has an idea of what the Mad Hatter's supposed to be everyone has an idea of what Sweeney Todd's supposed to be you know what I mean like you can't just put Johnny Depp in everything you know that's what I mean because these are existing characters and that's that's where I think it's a it's a huge failing but my the reason I bring that up is that's what that's why Jennifer Love Hewitt is this is about her and just showcasing herself and that's why it sucked because it wasn't about making Audrey Hepburn look good or all these people that do cover songs and shitty versions of things just because they love it so much and they just shit on it they just shit on it and that's what's happened I have to talk about here. a cover song that I heard today that made me ball at my desk and it was oh. it was Dave Bazan singing I Flirted With You All My Life by Vic Chestnut and no oh, I um, don't know the song oh I just, my heart just like fell like into little pieces and shattered into dust. It was so beautiful. I put, also put that on my Facebook timeline and tweeted it, but I was, oh, it, yeah, I don't know. It's, it takes like out. total magic, like for some, for a cover to go really well for you to, you know, 
if oh, there's a song when that you do, love, it's the magic. original. But anyway, I just had you said cover version. I'm like, oh, I have an example of a good one. <laughs> oh, I have plenty of I know right, plenty of I examples know, of good I know. ones. I just yeah. had to think of that. But just, it just you know, people take it to these directions where they're very self-indulgent, and then it's you know that that's what yeah. annoys me when it, again it's about them. It's not about about the song when people go to remake their favorite movies i'm like if you love that movie so much leave it alone you know yeah so if you love audrey hepburn so much leave her alone like who the fuck do you think you are well jennifer love hewitt just likes the idea of being compared to audrey hepburn and she was i I said this in that the letter to the rolling stone i remember saying that i hate how she does that party of five acting where she stammers around constantly like she would Uh go and i i I just don't know and 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 yeah She's done that Gosh. in every single movie I've seen. My kids are into the Garfield movie. <laughs> oh, unfortunately. no! Which, okay, like Bill Murray's so funny as the voice of Garfield, but Jennifer Love Hewitt is in <laughs> Yes. And I have to listen to her stammer like a party of five lady. Wow, those are some of the worst received movies in movie <laughs> oh. history, I think. Those oh. Garfield movies. It's horrible, it's horrible. Oy. Well, anyway, let's know. I highly recommend the uh, Audrey Hepburn story if you want to uh, spew venom at your television. It's just, it's, it, yeah, it's incredible. So that is actually a recommendation <laughs> after all that. <laughs> it's on Netflix disc only. Now, I had a, uh, I had a Facebook watchdog. <laughs> so my Facebook watchdog is... <laughs> <laughs> my Facebook watchdog is that they've got this new feature where they're going to put in your in your own activity feed if you search for somebody or something <gasps> in Facebook no yeah calm 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 it's not going to be public it's going to be in your feed that you will see of yourself but I would not feel comfortable with that I would feel because no. I feel I can never tell who can see what right yeah yeah so I don't want that there. So yeah, you go searching for an ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, your co-worker who you know is on Facebook but you're not friends with, anything like that, it's going to be there in your activity feed. You can disable it so you can't see it, but the whole idea just scares me that it's somehow going to end up in my public timeline. Oh, oh totally. I do yeah. not want that to happen. I don't want to be reminded of who I'm exactly. searching for. We don't need to be reminded of our Facebook indiscretions. Oh, so I don't want my browser browser history up in any pl- prominent place where I can see it. I just want no. that. I'm trying to I'm trying to forget it myself. Okay. Yes, it's like confronting you with what you've done. <laughs> what is their problem? Why do they do this? It's saying to you, no, you just go in there and you think about what you did. Yes! That's exactly what it's doing, motherfuckers. I've hardly been on Facebook the last uh, last couple of weeks because I i didn't put it on my new phone. I've stuck with that. It's oh, been right. three and a half weeks with the new phone. And, um, and yeah, and then all weekend I was just not really on the computer. I think I was probably on Facebook maybe for about ten minutes. Wow. And, uh, yeah. But I seem to manage to be on it at work a bunch. So that's good. <laughs> And thus concludes another edition of Facebook Watchdog. (laughs) Arf, arf, arf! (laughs) Excellent. Now, Stephanie, Mm. I understand you have a text. 
I got a text today. Well, I initiated. I was fishing because I knew we were recording tonight. So I texted our anonymous dong doctor. And I said, hello, anonymous dong doctor. Did you see any lady steak today? <laughs> <laughs> he writes back immediately. No steak. Just saw a dong, though. He was holding and stretching it out as I was freezing his warts off. And he goes, it hurts, but I have to be a big boy. <laughs> And that's the end of the story. But I got a lot of mileage out of just that right there. Yeah. I'm just just surprised that the guy had to pull and stretch out his own dong. You feel like when you're going having some sort of procedure done, you're not really asked to do much other than sort of maybe move to the left or the right or lift your head up or something. Not, can you hold this for me? (laughs) Isn't the doctor supposed to be holding it for you? Like with his gloved hands? Yeah. Shouldn't a nurse come in and do the stretching out? Like... (laughs) You would think that that requires, I don't know, a little more precision, not just, uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem like the patient should be doing that. I don't know. But anyway, well, thank you, Anonymous Dong Doctor. We look forward to your continued texts. He sure makes my life better. He sure does. He make, enriches all of our lives. And Dong Teeny <laughs> thanks you, Anonymous Dong Doctor. Uh, well, on that note, I think we'll wrap things up. So thank you all for listening. And please visit feralaudio.com and then click through Dong Teeny if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, uh, be it a treatment for your genital warts if you're not seeing a Dong Doctor, <laughs> or... Um, Oh, yeah, cat food, whatever you like. So please do that. Visit dongtini.com for any supplementary material and leave us a comment. Tell us how you feel. And, uh, and call the dong lines. Call the dong line, for God's sakes. 323-301-DONG. Dong is a winner. So until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Stephanie.
podcast operates independently in partnership with FeralAudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit FeralAudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.